Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Stop and go. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers favorite pundits. Well, actually, no. It is Kevin Smith. It is Brian Anthony Davis. We are the hosts of Here We Go, the Steelers show. It is a victory Tuesday as we get ready to talk about Pittsburgh Steelers 24, Los Angeles Rams 17. I am elated. I am pleased as punch. Kevin Smith, how are you? I'm doing great. You know, audience listeners, uh, Brian had told me right before we went on that he said, I'm going to give that music one more week and we'll make a decision. We'll see if we want to keep that. And I, I don't know, you know, that music, it might be a perfect you know, synopsis of the 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers because there's a little bit of everything in there. You don't know what the heck's going to happen next. What's going on with that? I don't know if that thing, I didn't know if that was going to turn into like rap, funk, country, a polka. Who the hell knows what's going on with that thing then? <laughs> and I don't know what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but uh, but I love where they are right now. They're four and two, man. Can you can you believe this team's four and two? I cannot believe it. And I'm going to uh, break down the fourth wall and this is being recorded and I am wearing a black Lycra turtleneck. And since I have changed my hair to blonde at 51 years old, ridiculous. Yes. But since I've done that, you were missing me dance. Kevin Smith got a chance to see me look like sprockets 
with Michael Myers on the old Saturday Night Live days. I did a little bit of the robot for him. I'm trying to I'm trying to win him over. It's 1988 in here, people. He's got the mock turtle, the, the bleach blonde hair. He's doing some kind of funky chicken thing. I don't know what's going on, man. Oh, yeah. The, it's in full effect. And I tell everybody this as we go on because this is audio. But if you get a chance, you can go ahead and check out my hair on, on other things. But here's the deal. I cannot afford a convertible Kevin Smith. I can't. They don't pay me enough here at Still Curtain Network to get a convertible. I'm not going to cheat on my wife, but I saw the Barbie movie. It worked for Ken and I saw what it worked for in 1999 and 2000, how it worked out for Justin Timberlake. I am like fat Timberlake, fat old Timberlake, and I'm bringing sexy back. Well, hey man, I'll accommodate your midlife crisis if you need me to. All right. (laughs) All right. You and you and I can do some damage when we go to Vegas together. I I cannot (laughs) wait, but let's talk Steelers. This is, look, like we always say, there's so much you could break down with the Pittsburgh Steelers. There are so many goods and bads, but there's in the stats, there's a W, there's an L, there's a T. But together, there's not a U, G, L, and Y. And I don't care if the Steelers win ugly. I don't even know how ugly this was of a win for what they did in the second half. But the one thing that I know, and something that I called even on this show last week when we were looking ahead towards the Rams, and even on the preview, and the narrative that I've been going with is bringing back Deontay Johnson is going to change this team and change this team so much for the good. Because what it does, it makes George Pickens, and Mike Tomlin said it on his post game. he says, yes, you can't double up 14 or 1-4, or whatever he called him. It makes George Pickens more open. It gives Kenny Pickett a reliable option that he trusts, along with the safety valve that is one number 11, Allen Robinson. And it, it saves Matt Canada. Having Deontay Johnson back saves Matt Canada from himself. Now, look. I'm not saying Matt Canada is going to save his job. I don't care how this season ends up. This is their MO. They're done. They're moving on from Matt Canada. Unless they win the Super Bowl. But they're moving on from Matt Canada. They're just letting it run out. We know this is their MO. We've seen it. But for the next 11 games, and there's 11 games left. Wow. They've got a chance to do more things on offense. This is the best the offense has looked all season, especially in the second half. Yeah, you're right. I mean, having Johnson back is like Pickett's security blanket. It's the guy that he can rely on to get open. Johnson had five catches on six targets. That's incredibly efficient. He had the long one, the one, the 39 yarder on the catch and run there that set up, uh, I think the Steelers second touchdown. And that was, that was huge, but all that stuff was underneath the air yards, you know, are not there in those throws to Johnson. If you, and, and with, without that 39 yard catch, he's got four catches for 40 yards. So you can, you can see he's, he's the guy who, who gets open in the underneath zones and Pickett needs that because those are easy throws, right? The ones that he makes to Pickens, those are hard throws, right? Those are deep down the sideline throws or deep to the middle of the field throws. I mean, George Pickens is clearly, 
the guy that he looks for when he wants to push the ball down the field. But you need to give Kenny Pickett easy throws to get him into a rhythm and to and to help with his comfort zone. And Deontay Johnson provides that, especially in the absence of Pat Fryermuth. So having him back there today uh, really showed up in the way that as the game progressed, Pickett got more and more comfortable. And I think that some of those easy throws to Johnson was a big reason why. I really think it was. And I, I think that made him a better quarterback. But, Kevin, there were offensive struggles, especially in the first half. What do you attribute that to? Well, you know, I, I was frustrated after the first two series because the Steelers, you know, they, they picked up one first down in those first two series combined. But more so, Kenny Pickett got hit four times. He was sacked twice. He was hit two other times. They completely blew two protections that led to Pickett getting hit. Uh, one of them, they slid away from the rush and, and they left Jalen Warren one-on-one blocking the defensive end. I mean, Jalen Warren's really good in pass protection when he can step up into the hole and take on a linebacker or a blitzing safety. But you don't put a running back one-on-one on a defensive end. The defensive end is going to win that battle nine times out of ten. And then there was another one where, you know, the Rams just kind of went with an overload blitz and it just looked like a push, you know, you make a push call. I mean, a push call is essentially the Steelers had a tight end, Connor Hayward, who released out into the pattern. The Rams had a nine tech defensive end lined up outside of Hayward. And they just needed to push Chuksakura for out to the nine tech. And they needed to push the right guard, James Daniels, to the guy who was over Okura for. Uh, and they didn't do it. Okura for stayed on the end. There were the five tech and and Daniel stayed inside and the the nine tech the guy outside of Hayward came free and sacked Pickett and it's just like that's just not that's that's bad football man that's pretty remedial stuff that's high school level stuff and at halftime Mike Tomlin said that the Rams were showing the Steelers some things that Pittsburgh hadn't seen from them before so obviously it created some confusion but it was frustrating coming out of a bye that they didn't. That, they, that there seemed to be confusion. You would think, hey, man, they've, they've had two weeks to get ready. They're going to be sharp. Uh, but they weren't. But to Tom, you know, Tomlin said, we'll clean it up. His, he finished that, that halftime interview by saying, we'll clean it up in the second half. And he was right. They did. So you got to give credit to the coaching staff. While they weren't prepared for some of the things the Rams did early, they figured it out, and the offense just got better and better as the game progressed. In 2007, the Pittsburgh Steelers – beat the St. Louis Rams in St. Louis in 2011, excuse me, in 2015, they beat the St. Louis Rams in St. Louis, but the only time they ever beat the, the St. excuse me, the Los Angeles Rams in the state of California was not at home field. It was actually at the Rose bowl in Pasadena and it was super bowl 14. A game my parents attended. 31 to 19, it was a win. Since 1948, every single game played in Los Angeles against the Rams. Because the Steelers beat the Chargers recently. I believe it was was the Duck Hodges season, 2019. But every other game in Los Angeles, the Steelers lost. They were 0-9 in a regular season game until today. Since 1948. That is a, my parents were one and I don't think they were paying attention. So 
all I'm saying is, wow, it's nice to see them win in Los Angeles, in sunny Los Angeles. It's nice to see that. It's nice to see Pittsburgh going out west. And I'm counting Vegas as out west because it is out west. It's not west coast. But it's nice to see them do that. And I'm seeing things change. And it goes back to not just Deontay Johnson being back. It Not going back to a change in offensive philosophy. But I think it's going back to Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett's ever-growing maturity. What were your thoughts on Kenny Pickett in this game? You said you talked about the bad offense. You talked about the offensive line in the first half and what they did. How much are you attributing to struggles to Kenny Pickett in the first half? How much are you attributing the win to Kenny Pickett in the second half? Well, I mean, in the first half, obviously the pressure was a problem for him. He had guys in his face constantly. One of the sacks was his fault. Uh, I believe anyway, he, he, he fled the pocket early and, uh, you know, allowed for, allowed a defensive end to flush him and, and run him down and probably a pocket. He should have stayed in for a little bit longer and continued to go through his progressions down the field. But we've seen this from Kenny Pickett time and time again, where he can struggle for a, a large portion of the game and, and then he'll figure it out either in the second half or in the fourth quarter Today was no different, or Sunday was no different. He, in the in the Steelers' first seven drives, I, I, I'll drop some numbers on you real quick. First seven drives of the game, if you count, if you add in the penalties, the Steelers had thirty-one snaps for seventy-two total yards. That's terrible. And they scored ten points, uh, but seven of them were handed to them by the defense when when T.J. Watt opened the second half with his interception and ran the ball back to the seven-yard line. And credit the offense for cashing in, but still. Seven drives, 31 plays, 72 yards. Pickett's eight for 16, throwing the ball. And then over the last three drives, the last three drives of the game, they go 25 plays for 182 yards, two touchdowns, and then and then a game-ending 10-play, 43-yard drive. And Pickett is nine for nine for 130 yards on those three drives, right? How, how, do, how do you go? Go from one to the other. It's really kind of remarkable. We all we all talk about clutch Kenny, right? We we think that's a real thing. Uh, Eighteen starts now, and the guy's got six fourth quarter comeback wins. That's remarkable. But uh, I think you know, I think that that uh, Matt Canada did a, a nice job of finding ways to get his best receivers isolated in one on ones, and more importantly, the Steelers started to run the ball. If you look at those first seven drives, in total, uh, they didn't have many rushing yards. And over those last three drives, they really started to run the ball. And when the, and when the Steelers are running the ball well, it makes a world of a difference for Kenny Pickett. It takes so much pressure off of him. And he's able then to feel a little more comfortable in the pocket and get a clearer picture of what he's looking at. Defenses aren't scrambling their coverages because they're a little bit more worried about stopping the run. So I think it's a combination of two things, man. Maybe his focus elevates late in games, whatever it is that allows him to play that well down the stretch. And the Steelers figured some things out to take some of the pressure off of him. Have they figured things out enough that you feel a lot more comfortable with the schedule that's down the road? Well, that, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Like you look at they're they're now coming home for a three game homestand. They're going to get Jacksonville, Tennessee and Green Bay all at home in a row. And those are three winnable games. I, I know the Jaguars are a good football team and they've presented the Steelers some problems in the recent history between those two teams. But 
this was a huge win for the Steelers, right? To be able to go out to the West Coast uh, and and get this game. And now they've got three winnable games at home, and they should start to feel confident. If it, Boy, if they can get that run game going. We all remember what happened last year uh, at the bye week, right? They figured some things out during the bye, and they came back after the bye, and they were a different team. They went 7-2. and two. They averaged 140-some rushing yards per game. They didn't get that many on Sunday, but obviously the run game in the second half started to look a little bit like what it had a year ago. And if they can get that going and get on a little bit of a roll, then they could do some damage because there's the AFC is wide open, man. I mean, the bills lost again on Sunday, the bills are four and three and, and they've, they should have lost to the giants two weeks ago who are terrible. And they lost to the Patriots on Sunday who are pretty bad. And the chargers are not as good as everybody thought that they were going to be. And, and the Jets without Aaron Rodgers, nobody really knows, you know, where they're going to be. So there's going to be some opportunities for the Steelers to to uh, make some ground in the standings, and they're going to need to because the AFC North looks like it's going to be as competitive as everybody thought it was going to be. The Browns with a win, and the Ravens trounced in the Lions. It's going to be a really competitive division. So Pittsburgh should feel confident with where they are, and the schedule should give them an opportunity to stack some wins in the next couple of weeks. Well, let's talk about that running game. What did they figure out with the running game so far? Because they were under 100 yards, but I thought they were integral to the Steelers' win today. Well, they got away from the the outside zone run game in the second half, and that really helped. I mean, the Steelers have gone really heavy on the outside zone scheme. I won't get into the weeds on the scheme, but that's a stretch scheme where blockers are asked to move horizontally and kind of stretch out defenders and create cutback lanes and seams for the backs. But it doesn't really give the lineman a chance to get off the ball and try to displace defenses vertically. It's not like, you know, put your hand in the ground and knock dudes off the ball. It's not that scheme. And in the second half, the Steelers started to run a little bit more of that type of stuff. They started to run some one-back power concepts. Um, and they started to just run a little more inside zone and duo, which are plays where the offensive line can really line up and smash the defense. And more, most importantly, they started to run left. They ran left a lot. They ran behind Isaac Sayamalo and Dan Moore Jr. Those are the two best run blockers. I thought Sayamalo had his best game so far as a stealer. And uh, I think, you know, they kind of found the sweet spot, man. Like, hey, let's run left behind those dudes. And they were doing it really effectively. Was this the best that we've seen out of Isaac Sayamalo and the rest of the offensive line this year? The best out of Sayamalo for sure. I thought Chuksokor for struggled a little bit. I mean, he had a couple of issues with pass protection early and the Steelers, when they were running outside zone to the right, he didn't seem to be able to get any movement, uh, horizontal, vertical either. So I don't think he had a great game, but uh, but I, I think the, the rest of this, of this uh, line Beginning really in the second quarter, they started to figure some things out, figure out what the Rams were doing. The Rams brought a lot of heat, man. They they blitzed Pickett a lot. Pickett, to his credit, he really stood in there, especially late in the game. A couple of those throws he made to Pickens and Johnson in the third and fourth quarters were with you know guys in his face and all that chaos going on around him, and he stood in the pocket. I give him a lot of credit. And the line figured out how to keep him clean just long enough for him to get the ball, get the ball out. So – all in all, was it their best performance of the year? I mean, that's hard to say, but I was really impressed with uh, how they fixed themselves during the game after a shaky start. 
I thought the receivers were wonderful again. And I, we count tight ends in with the receivers. Of course, it's been said that, uh, six for seven, I believe is what you said about, uh, Deontay Johnson and the one, remember it was that counts as a target, but the, the penalty, which was a, uh, it was on a Kella Witherspoon, but then it ended up being negated because of the shush. So that would have counted. So he was pretty much because of the pass interference, he was almost perfect, right? Yeah, Johnson five catches on six targets. Okay, Pickens five on eight. Uh, Connor Hayward two on three. Allen Robinson one catch on one target. So to do his outside guys, yeah, I mean that's really good. Uh, especially now, you know, when you consider like with Pickens, I mean five catches on eight targets is still. I mean it's it's pretty good. You know, you'd like to see that's about sixty three percent. You'd like to see maybe a little bit higher. But think about the balls that he was throwing to Pickens. Those really difficult vertical routes up the sideline. Some some post and dig routes into the middle of the field, one of which maybe Pickens should have caught. He kind of pulled off on because I think he felt like he was going to get laid out by the by the safety. So uh yeah, yeah. I mean, Kenny Pickett was on the money, man, beginning uh, you know, in the early, early second quarter or, or mid-second quarter uh, on, he was really on the money. Steelers ran good routes too. You, you saw separation. That was the one thing that I I was like, oh my God, the, you know, he's throwing balls to guys who actually are open. You don't see a whole lot of that, or you didn't see a whole lot of that in the first six weeks, five weeks, because it just felt like even the balls that were being completed were just these, you know, throws where defenders were draped all over the Steelers. So whether it was the presence of Johnson being able to loosen the defense up, or maybe just they worked on route running. I I did hear uh, Mike Tomlin talk about spacing uh, during the bye week, that we have to get better with our spacing in our route concepts. So that may have made a difference if they, if they spaced the receivers properly and were able to get some field to work with uh, uh, in the passing game, it showed up, man, because they had some open receivers today. They really did. Uh, I want to talk about this. We just talked about that one pass interference being negated. And that was because of the shush and the pat on the back. I kind of found that as, as almost friendly. I think they were uh, they were they were just teammates for the last couple of years, Akello Witherspoon and Deontay Johnson. But even though it was a friendly tap on the back, they called taunting on that. I thought that was a terrible call. However, I think it is a very bad look that you know as a player that they consider everything taunting. And you just don't do it. You save it for the post-game handshake. Yeah, I thought it was a terrible call that made up for a terrible call. Because I that was not path, pass interference on a Keller Witherspoon. I mean, he didn't even he didn't touch Deontay Johnson. And so who knows? That may have been one of those things where the officials realized they made a bad call and then they then, then they made up for it with the taunting call, which nullified the play in general. And in essence, it became a do-over down. But the one that was really infuriating was the one with Pickens because it just was it was so dumb, man. It was just like, you know, get out of the dude's face. I thought Najee Harris was going to get one early in the game when he was doing something similar, man. Face mask up into the other guy's face when you know that the refs are calling this and you know that you're being microscoped. You got to you got to be smarter than that, man. I, I mean, I get it. It's an emotional game. We're talking about young, passionate players. 
I get it. But like, you just can't have those types of self-inflicted wounds, especially on an offense like Pittsburgh's where making yards is so difficult. The Steelers, it feels as though the Steelers don't get anything easy offensively. So like with, with George Pickens to have an 18 yard completion to open the second half wiped out by a, a silly unsportsmanlike penalty is just maddening, you know? And I think it take, must, it must take all of Mike Tomlin's patience to not just, you know, lose it in those instances. The Steelers only got two sacks on defense, but they looked absolutely spectacular going after the quarterback. They were buzzing. They were swarming. I thought Alex Highsmith had a great game just by causing pressure. Hurries are not a stat, but man, they were just coming and they forced some mistakes from a quarterback that is a veteran that, I mean, they forced an intentional grounding. If that was a younger quarterback, if that was a Jordan Love in a couple of weeks, I think we have, you have an epic game on defense and it's not even, not even close. I think Matt Stafford being in there and being as calm as he is, but still negating the talent that he has was just a testament that the front seven could really go after a QB. Yeah, you said buzzing. That's a great word for it. They, that's what it felt like. Just bees, bees around the hive, man. I mean, I thought Keanu Benton was great. I love watching that guy. He gets better every week. He had some great – he didn't get any sacks, but he had some great moves on the interior to apply some pressure. I thought DeMarvin Leal, when he was in, I thought he played well. Uh, I mean, T.J. Watt was shut out as, uh, as far as sacks go, but obviously every game he finds a way to make an impact. The, that interception that he had was phenomenal. He falls off into coverage to play the flat route, and he totally fools Stafford. Stafford looks to the flat, and Watt's got the flat route, so Stafford comes back inside. To It looked like a, like a little stick route from the tight end, which is just like a little five-yard out from the tight end into that hook curl zone. And Watt follows Stafford's eyes and you know jumps back inside and, and picks it off. It's a heck of a play by a guy who makes his living uh, rushing the passer and not dropping back into coverage. But the guy on defense, man, who uh, I was so impressed with, answer me this question, Brian. When did, when did Minka Fitzpatrick become a linebacker? Right? When, I mean, <laughs> you know, like – He's in the box and making tackles at the line of scrimmage all the time. He has turned into one of the best players on defense in the game. There is really, he doesn't have huge interception numbers this year, but it doesn't matter. The guy is, is proving to be a hall of fame player. I re, I really believe that he's not going to be, he's definitely not going to be NFO defensive player of the year. TJ Watt's not going to be NFO defensive player of the year because they've already given it to Miles Garrett. They they already want him to have that crown. It doesn't matter what happens. But when I look at one of the defensive players of the year, Pittsburgh have two Pittsburgh legitimately has two top candidates for. Of course it's TJ. But man, when I look at Minka, I'm like, wow. All this stuff he's doing, the man's everywhere. He really is. And I, you know, I, I'm not 100% positive why the Steelers have made the decision to essentially convert him to being a box safety. Every, every, I believe we all thought that was the role Keanu Neal would play, and he seems to have struggled adjusting to that role a little bit. So now when they go to their three safety package, Neal's playing a little bit more in the two deep with DeMonte Kazee. But even Kazee is buzzing around the line of scrimmage at times. 
And I mean, the Steelers have just gotten some physicality out of their safeties. And I, it's not just that Minka Fitzpatrick is in the box because we've seen him do that, drop down in the alley and cover tight ends and things like that. I mean, he's playing, he's legit playing as a linebacker. He's playing at linebacker depth inside the tackle box and he's taking on big guys and he's, you know, getting skinny and getting through seams the way that linebackers do to make tackles at the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's really remarkable how efficient he is in that role. Like you're not missing uh, because you got, you got a safety drop down there. You're you're not dropping off in your ability to defend the run. Uh, So just again, man, he, you said it before he's been remarkable, even if he doesn't have the stats or the splash plays to indicate that. Real. Yeah. He, he really doesn't, but man, what would they be without him? What would they be without TJ Watt? This team is, we're talking about Caleb. We're talking about, you know, we're talking about the USC quarterback right now. If TJ Watt's not there. Cause I really, man, I, he has, he has, uh, he was integral on all four of those wins. And I mean, look at the four wins. If it wasn't TJ Watt, you're not even close. No, obviously the Steelers with him are a completely different team. But so, you know, we we saw a formula again that can help make Pittsburgh successful. They they do enough uh, on offense to be able to let the team stay in the game, obviously, and, and win it at the end. And the defense is just steady, man. The defense uh, harasses quarterbacks and creates turnovers and makes splash plays and the offense figures it out at some point and puts it together late in games. And that's really been the formula now for the last, if you go back to last year, 15 games. I mean, the Steelers closed last year, seven and two, and they're four and two. Now they're 11 and four over the last 15 games. And that's the formula that's got it done, right? Run the ball. Don't turn it over on offense. Let, let Kenny figure some things out and, and take the game over late and on defense, man, just keep the other team in the teens or the low twenties because that, you know, the offense isn't scoring more than that. So dominate with defense and be opportunistic on offense. It's a great formula for the Steelers. And you think that formula can work. So with this being said, I want to look at the schedule. We're not going to do what we did last week and go down and predict the rest of the schedule. I want to go ahead and take out the AFC North opponents because anything could happen. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going six and zero, oh, but I have a feeling they can go ahead and split two out of the next four. I think they have that ability. They have Cleveland and Baltimore once they have the Bengals twice, but I don't want to talk about those games because we know that's anything can happen. Jaguars, Titans, Panth- Packers, all three at home. There's a Thursday game in then you have the Cardinals at home. You have the Patriots at home. You have the Colts on the road. And you have the Seahawks in on the road in Seattle. Now, again, how many of those games legitimately scare you? None. None of them legitimately scare me. I, those are all winnable football games. The... The game in Seattle will be challenging because Seattle's very good at home and 
and that's a long trip. But I, like we said earlier in the show, the Steelers have already won uh, on the West Coast twice or out in the Western time zone anyway, twice this year. I think there's some trap games in there. You know, you get Arizona and New England back to back and both of those teams are not very good. But like as the Patriots showed today, they knocked off the Bills. Anybody in the NFL can win on any given week. It just it's there's nobody that's so bad that any team can overlook them. There's nobody that's so good that they can just show up and and not play a, a good football game. And the Steelers obviously are in that, you know, those categories. So if they can if they can get past the trap games and they can play solid football and they can kind of summon the formula that they did on Sunday in Los Angeles, they can win all those games. I'm not saying they will win all those games, but they can certainly win them all. In the division, let's not break them down because I said we wouldn't. But are you looking at two and two in the division? I think that's the scenario that you would you would hope for. Right. If you go two and two in the division and then you've got these seven other games that are very winnable. And let's say let's say you go two and two in the division, you put the, the overall record at six and four and you manage to go five and two in those other seven games. You're talking about an 11, 16 and, wow. a, and a playoff berth. You know, I mean, even if you go four and three in those seven games and there's and the, you know, three losses to me would be disappointing you're 10 and seven and you're, and you're probably getting in. So uh, I think the Steelers by winning in Los Angeles, that to me was a crucial game because it gives them now the opportunity to, to legitimately get to double digit wins, which I think is what you're going to need to make the playoffs. I was on with Tom courts from FFSN's Rams up and on his podcast. And he asked me what a win means for the Steelers and what a loss means for the Steelers. I said a loss does not mean as much as a win because you can take a loss against an NFC team and that's okay. Because remember, they only have one loss in the conference right now. But I think a win just propels them so much further. They're, they, they already feel like they're going to do well going off of the bye. It gives them more confidence. They never have won in Los Angeles against the Rams. They've finally done that. That monkey's kind of off their back as well. So when you look at the whole thing, you got to feel pretty confident about this team. You know, we're, we're going to have some letdown, letdown uh, podcasts. They're coming where we're like, ah, this is what went wrong. We know that there's going to be some losses. We're not delusional, but this whole thing's wide open. The biggest problem for the Steelers though, is they are in a division that I think top to bottom is the best in the National Football League. Yeah, I think that you're right about that. I think three out of the North teams are going to make the playoffs. There's going to be one team kind of when the music stops without a chair there. And I don't know who that's going to be, right? I, boy, it would have been wonderful if the Browns would have lost on Sunday. They, they were able to pull that thing out at the last minute. Baltimore looked great. Cincinnati uh, has won their last two. So the division games may be the ones that decide, you know, who doesn't get the chair in the AFC North and, and therefore the playoff berth. But so far, you know, Hey, the Steelers are two and zero in the division and that gives them uh, a leg up on some teams. If it comes down to tiebreakers and things like that. So, you know, you get one more win and you're, you're at least 500 in the division a, a second win in that group, puts you at four and two 
in the division, which again, thinking about tiebreakers, that could be a factor for them. So obviously there'll be great emphasis on those games, but the Steelers can't in their quest to be great in the division, forget about the details. Uh, They have to take care of business when they play the Tennessees and the Arizonas and the New Englands, the teams that aren't that, that strong this year, because those are all winnable contests for them and they need to take care of business in those. Would it be crazy? Now, the odds of this are very low, but it's possible. Would it completely surprise you if at the end of the season you were looking at the entire AFC North in the playoffs? Um, no, I mean, you, know, you look at the West. Okay, so let's take the West. Kansas City's going to make it. Nobody else is a shoe in. You look at the, the char- I don't believe in the Chargers coach. No. You look at the South. Jacksonville's probably going to win the division. Nobody else is going to make it. So that means you look at the East and, you know, Miami looks pretty good, but Buffalo right now has got some issues. Buffalo has just been hot and cold. They've played some bad games against some bad teams. They're four and three. They've got tough games, uh, you know, coming up on their schedule. They're playing a a number one schedule, uh, which is loaded with, with, with tough games. So, I still think the Bills will figure it out. And if I were betting on it, I would bet that you're going to see two teams from the East, three from the North, and one each from the West and South. But that would be something, man. I, I mean, I'm positive that's never happened in NFL history. Well, we've only had the seven-team playoffs for uh, a year or two max, so obviously it's never happened. But that would be amazing if an entire division made the playoffs. I would not be surprised if you had the entire division over 500, though. And I don't think we're going to have a losing team in that division. No. Well, with that being said, it's time to get on out of here. But before we do that, we've got two things to look at. We've got to get Kevin's final thoughts, but we also have to get dude of the week. And I need a good dude of the week, Kevin. Um, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the most unpopular opinion in the room. All right. I'm going to go with one Matt, Canada as due to the week. And I'll tell you why, because the offense, like I said, really got off to a a bad start. 72 total yards minus the penalties over their first seven possessions. And they needed the defense to, to give them the spark there to, to get that touchdown in the second half to tie the game back up. But over those final three drives, I thought Matt Canada called a hell of a, of a football game. I thought that he mixed the run in the pass. He moved the pocket. Uh, he ran the ball, but he didn't run the ball like predictably. It wasn't just outside zone right, outside zone left, and now third and six, and let's hope that Pickett can make a play. Uh, you know, he he got a little more creative in the run game. They pulled some linemen, man. We haven't seen the Steelers pull linemen. So whatever he whatever he saw, I don't know what he saw exactly. But whatever he saw, uh, he had answers for. And that's not something that we've been able to say a lot about Matt Canada. And given the fact that this guy is facing a daily barrage of fans, not just in Pittsburgh, but now like all over the country, chanting fire Canada. It's almost become like a meme. Uh, He stood up and did did a really good job on Sunday. And so you gotta, you know, you gotta be honest. You can't just like, you know, right. You know, you can't, you can't just uh, hate on him because that's the popular thing to do. So I thought he did a great job to help him get that win. All right. I uh, want to recognize Deontay Johnson. 
But for my dude of the week, it is for a head coach who did an anti-Matt Canada. And he celebrated on the field when they got a walk-off field goal. And it is none other than Ocean City High School in New Jersey, the Red Raiders, KT Smith. I saw the video and I (laughs) smiled. I've watched it. I've only watched it once, but I'm going to watch it about 18 more times in the next hour because I think it is one of the greatest things. It shows how pure the game of football is. It shows how pure the love for your players is, Kevin. And you deserve Dude of the Week, and you've never gotten it. You've given it to (laughs) me, and that's not why I'm giving it to you. But what I saw there, you have had trials and tribulations this season. You lost a pretty good quarterback at the end of last season when um, Mr. Gunnels graduated. And now you had a situation where you've been through, you've started three quarterbacks this season. And that is, uh, that's like the Duck Hodges here. So with that, you are going to the playoffs, man. That that kick put us in the playoffs. Yeah, Yeah. And you thought this was a rebuild at one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, if you're if you're handing out due due to the week, I'll I'll shout one out to our kicker, Ryder Hay, right? Our, our kicker uh, made a thirty yard field goal to walk us off on the last play of the game to to uh, get us a big win and get us into the playoffs. And Brian's right, man. I I was like a, a little kid out there running out there and jumping up and down with the whole team. That was that was pretty awesome. It it was it was a beautiful sight. It it, it really was. And I, like I said, I'm watching it over and over again. We might have to put that on the FFSN or the Steel Curtain Network uh, YouTube or on Twitter. We got to put that on Twitter, but I'm not going to do it. But if you allow me to, I am. <laughs> Go for it, man. Go for All it. Right. I, I got no reservations, man. As long as I promote promote the program. Final thoughts, Kevin. Great weekend. Great weekend of football. Happy, very happy for. Uh, our guys here in Ocean City, thrilled for the Steelers and all the Steelers fans out there. They got to see a good football game. They got to see the Steelers come out of the bye week and after a rough start, figure some things out and get a get a really important victory. And now hopefully Pittsburgh can can keep that momentum rolling as they come home for a little homestand here. All right. We are going to get ready to uh, throw out our favorite catchphrase. After that, you're going to hear the music. Hopefully uh, the uh fourth of many times but you're going to hear a message from our sponsors as well for kevin smith my name is brian anthony davis we ask you this keep your feet on the ground keep reaching for those hypocycloids hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.